0: This is The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show.
1: There's no way we cannot all agree that if the Jets this week do not go into Denver and beat the Broncos, the season, for all intents and purposes, is over. It doesn't matter how it happens. And look, you could go win this game and still the season spirals out of control. But there's no scenario where you go out to Denver, lose, and you really have anything to play. But it's a very bottom line game. The Jets have to beat the Broncos for them to have really anything to play for the rest of the way.
0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Despite Joe and Harvey's contributions, first hour flew by. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. And before we get back to the phones on the Giants and the Jets, um, two things. A, the fact that the Giants, and it wasn't just Evan Neal who said this. Remember a couple of weeks ago, Kayvon Thibodeau also had a thing about the fans. The fact that they would be focusing on any part of the fan base when things have looked as bad as it has, it just seems like such a waste of time. Like, don't worry about the, what the fans are saying. What the fans are saying is easily correctable. The issues that the Giants are having right now don't seem like they're easily correctable. So I would be focused all of my attention on, on, on focusing on what I could control and and not really worrying about what the fans are saying or, or, or booing or anything like that. Because if you fix what you should be doing, the other part will go along with it. That's for sure. And the good news for the Giants is they're almost in the position that the Jets were in a week ago. This week going into Miami, playing on the, and they're playing on the road, Nobody nobody in the world thinks that they're gonna win this game, right? They've had this 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 week where they've just been the, the punching bag from 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 everywhere, locally, nationally, everywhere. So this is a time to if you want to make it us against the world, this is the time to do it. This would be the perfect spot to do so because nobody anywhere, and if and if you're ever gonna have some giant's pride, that this would be the time. Right, you, you just gave up 11 sacks on on Monday Night Football. Everybody's, oh my God, the Giants are a disaster. If there's anything of giant pride, this would be the time to to to, uh, to to conjure some of that up and get on it. Now, I'm not telling you it's an easy opponent. Dolphins' offense is very good, but their their defense has been terrible. Their defense has been a, a terrible across the board. It's been a, a big concern for them with Vic Fangio coming in. That was like their big off season acquisition to fix the D. De- hey. Throw money at the problem and let him fix it. We don't know what we're doing, and it's not been fixed so far. So this would be a week, it would seem. And Dolphins just lost their their left tackle. Teron Armstead is out for, uh, for the, at least the next few weeks, but certainly this game as well. He's on IR, so um, the defense should be able to get some pressure on Tua. Tua's not going to be running away from the pressure, so uh, this would be a week if the Giants are going to salvage things, almost like the Jets last week with the Chiefs. Giants this week with uh, Miami. All right, let's get back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Tony is in the car. Tony, what's going on, my man?
2: What's going on, Gordon? How are you, my friend? just I'm good. want to talk about Evan Neal's comments and, and just athletes in general. Okay. You have, to be, you have to be a different kind of animal to play in New York, all right? Eli Manning showed that, that, you know, regardless of how you play, you have to have a certain sense of professionalism a certain sense of pride. There is no way, shape, or form that you give up 10 sacks, your offense has scored almost three points or less, and you got something to say. The only thing that should be coming out of your mouth is we must do better. Period. It goes back to, you know, when uh, Julius ran for the Knicks. When he was good and they were chanting MVP, he had nothing to say. As soon as they started booing, he gives up the middle finger. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. You must play better. I'm a Giants fan since 62. And the bottom line is, when you play for the New York Giants, you have to have have a different sense of pride. Giants defense, we play better. Giant offense, we play better. This is not a Giants team. Thank you for taking my call.
1: All right, Tony. I, look, I, I just think that Evan Neal's comment, it doesn't matter where he was. He could be in, in Cincinnati. He could be in Seattle. I mean, any, what's the small Jacksonville? <laughs> if you just gave up 11 sacks, scored three points, and then said, "Yeah, hey, you know what the problem is here? Fans, they're just booing us all the time. What do they know? I think that that, that just shows you a level of cluelessness that uh, I don't think it's Giants. I, I don't think it's New York. I think it just shows that you are, are very immature. And you would think, coming from Alabama, that, that, that he would kind of know. Like, y- y- you have the performance you have. What do you think the fans are going to say? Ah, you get him next time. Hey, good try, pal. Hey, Evan, next time, don't block your teammate. Block the other guy. You'll get him. Don't worry, pal. We're, we're behind you. Like, where would that take place? No, it, it wouldn't happen. Not on planet Earth. Anyway, so. Let's go out to Pete in Staten Island. Pete, what's going on, man?
3: Yeah, good morning. How are you? I'm good, Pete. What's going um, on? Just, just to follow up a little bit on your comment just now, just remember one thing. Evan Neal probably didn't face this, face this kind of adversity playing for Alabama, you know, because they probably, you know, how many games did they lose while he was there, you know? So, you know, and uh, that's my comment on that. So he's probably not used to that. Um, and I don't care what he says. Uh, but my my thing is the common denominator on what's been going on with the O-line or whatever is Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach. He's been the common denominator. You know, we haven't, uh, you know, as far as I've seen, uh, the guys have not developed under his tutelage. Now, Do I know if if Evan Neal is the guy uh, or not? I'm not a coach. I see what I see as far as his feet movement and everything else. I see it. But also, I'm involved in a lot of different football chat rooms and whatnot. And while I'm in there, when we hired Bobby Johnson as the offensive line coach, there were guys from Buffalo coming into our room and thanking us for taking him away. And that told me something right off the bat. So he's been the common denominator. I don't know if, you know, this is right or wrong, but certainly I think I do believe that um, something's going to be done about uh, Bobby at the end of the year. It would not surprise me if he's the first guy let go.
1: All right, Pete, I'll well, look, you know, uh, he, he hasn't been here. Uh, you're saying he's the common denominator like he predates the coaching staff, but uh, he came along with Dable, uh, and he came from Buffalo, so he's only been here the two years. So uh, the Giants' offensive line woes are uh, are, are certainly uh, longer than that, and I, I don't know, they are missing their left tackle, which is a part of it, and Andrew Thomas has is, is, uh, looked elite when he has been in there. The injury to him has certainly been a part of it. Um, now, am I telling you, here's the thing. Like, people always want to find, oh, it's the, it's the quarterback, it's the coach, it's, this, it's the offensive line coach. It's everything right now with the Giants. It, it's everything. Like, the defense looked okay uh, against Seattle. They weren't the, the reason that you lost that game. But before that, you had the, the, the Niner game where they're getting shoved all over the field. They can't tackle anybody. They couldn't tackle anybody a- against Arizona. So it, right, it's, it's not one area that's, that's uh, the concern. It's everything. When it looks as bad as it's looked for the Giants, everything is a concern. Dave is in New Milford. Dave, next up on the Gordon Damer Show.
4: Hey, Gordon. How are, you, how are you doing this Saturday?
1: I'm good, Dave. What's going on?
4: So I hate saying this because, you know, I've been a fan for so long, but last Sunday for the Jets, you know, it was a moral victory. No one thought, especially after the first quarter, that that was going to be a competitive game. And you know, I'm not jumping back on the bandwagon, but Zach Wilson, he showed me something last Sunday. But you know, the big thing this week, typical Jets fashion, they have a great game and they followed up by a stinker. And the same thing with Zach. We've seen some good games from him so far in his career, and then he follows it up with a stinker. So I'm looking to see they should win this game against the Broncos. The Broncos are not a good team. Their defense is Swiss cheese. Uh, Zach and the crew should come out and you know put up 20 plus points and. Hopefully, um, Zach has another good game. And with regard to the defense, yeah, it looks good for the most part. But that first quarter and that last eight minutes of the game, Patrick Mahomes owned them. And I think they need to come out and make a statement. Put get to Russell Wilson a lot, put him down, force some turnovers, and let's go into the Eagles week two and four, two and three, with a chance to you know compete against the Eagles as well. So. Gordon, thank you for taking my call. Have a great rest of your day.
1: All right, Dave. Thanks for the phone call. Well, look, it's only a moral victory if there's a payoff this week, right? Like it's only a moral victory if you go and you beat the Broncos and Zach looks good again and and uh you, you kind of, at least for the time being, salvage your season and you get to two and three if you go out there and and for any reason those things don't happen. Last week was not a moral victory. And and you could get to a point where Zach is just kind of okay and 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 he's not killing you. He's a bit better. It's not a moral victory there. You have to see carryover from where you left off last week. Now, if, if if you go out there and beat the Broncos and you get to two and three, and then you play the Eagles and you play them tough and you do salvage your season, that chief game can be looked at as a moral. That was the turning point. That's the time where we finally saw Zach Wilson step up and, 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 um, and show something that he has not shown in his two first two and, Uh, two plus years in the league. But if for any reason there's a backslide tomorrow against the Broncos, no, that that won't be a moral victory at all. all, It's all based on what happens this week.
0: Now back to the Gordon Damer show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Coming up 1030, we will do what I learned on TikTok this week. And I, and it's this edition will feature one of my uh, favorite facts that I have learned so much so, I think that there's a possibility. It could spur a second. I don't want to oversell. I feel like I've already oversold it. It's a mistake. Let's go back to the phones. one eight hundred nine one nine. 919 espn is the telephone number. one 800 919 It's the Gordon Damer Show. Talking about the Jets and Giants. Let's go out to Larry is in Newark. Larry, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm good, Larry. What's going on? What do you got? Uh, I'm calling about Brian DeBall and the New York Giants. Who? You know, last year... The ball, Dave's Dable. Dable, Dable yes. Dable. L- Larry Dable. Larry Dable.
2: Brian Dable. Larry Dable. Yeah, I'm yes. sorry about the that, right. uh mispronunciation. Dable. Like a table. There you go. <laughs> like a table. That's how he's laying out there flat. he's looking flat out there. Last year this guy, this guy looked like he was on fire. You know, you know, he he was everybody was held accountable. He believed in his team. He doesn't look like he believes in anything out there. He's just standing around. I mean, he, he just looked like a totally different guy. Maybe he's having problems at home. I don't know. He got a, he got a good sign and good check last year. Maybe everybody was happy. Now maybe everybody maybe the money's gone. Everybody's mad. I don't know. They got him mad. He's not looking like the same guy from last year
1: yeah well i, I and, and Larry, thanks for the phone call um well it, it's looked completely different right it, it, It's almost like perception um when when things are going well, it can look one way and and if it things are not going well, you could be doing the exact same thing and it and it's going to be interpreted completely differently and I would say he looks like a completely different guy. that's what you're saying and he's not he's not this he's not that- well, well should, what is he supposed to be doing? The team has looked like a, a disaster so far. Now, it's been a tough schedule, and I think we kind of gave them a bit of a pass for the Cowboys and Niners because it's clear the Giants are not in that class in terms of talent or in terms of their development and their franchise. Okay, fine. But then you come home on a Monday night after having those games earlier, uh, after looking kind of lost at times for the thir- first three games, and then you come home against the Seahawks team. That is is good. They're the better team but you would like to think, okay, this is this is where we can kind of put it together. This is where uh, we can see what where we actually measure up. This is a better measuring stick for where we're at this season. And uh, it, it looked like it did. That was the most concerning performance of your year. So to have the first three weeks be as bad as it is, and then the fourth week where you think it might be kind of a winnable game or it, that's the kind of opponent you should be able to match up better against, and it looks like that. And you completely fall apart. It just keeps getting worse as the night goes along. I don't know exactly what uh, Brian Dable is supposed to look like. It, it doesn't really, much like the Evan Neal comments, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It matters what you do. And it just seems like right now, for everything that went right last year, this year everything has gone wrong. Last year it looked like not only did they get the good bounces and the good decisions and everything kind of went their way down the stretches of games, but the relationship between Dable and the quarterback seemed like after that first week, hey, he's been able to salvage something here. He's been able to find something here. There's there's some some room for growth, and, and maybe the, the, the coaching has has kind of turned around the quarterback, and it does not look like that's the case this year. Again, it almost feels like if this continues to go the way it's looking right now, it almost feels like last year, was kind of the worst thing that could happen for the long-term prospects of the organization because it was, it, was, uh, it was an outlier. It was an apparition. It wasn't real. Like, you got some fortunate breaks and you won some games, but it was, it was largely the product of the schedule and, and just everything going right for a change. And this year, it's been much more of a dose of reality. Now, I don't think that the Giants are this bad. It would be surprising to me if they're this bad, like they're one of the five worst teams in the sport. But it's it's harder and harder each week for me to kind of hang on that when it's looked like it's looked like. I mean, it's it's looked, it's looked bad, it's looked bad. And each week it's been it's been something else. The Cowboy won. It was it was everything. It was all it was it was opening night. It was hey let's get ready to roll and whoa my god. And then you thought okay well but that's the Cowboys. The following week, you go and you face Arizona, and and it, it, in some ways, it looked worse, right? At that time, we think, oh, Arizona, they're terrible. And for the first half, the Giants c- couldn't even stay on the field, but they were able to salvage a win there. All right, fine, one and one. Let's see what they got on a short turnaround, banged up, All right, went, went kind of the way we thought it would, blow out by the Niners. Giants don't really match up well, talent-wise, with one of the most talented teams in the sport. Okay then you come home and it looks like that against seattle so um again i don't think that the giants are are this bad i don't think that they're one of the worst five teams in the sport top five pick top three pick but each week it's kind of getting harder and harder to uh to to make that argument unless they go out there and and show you signs and it's it's all on them you know they can try to put us on on fans or media hey you're 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 saying this you're doing that we're not in control of any part of it. You're the ones who are in complete control. Complete control. So if the Giants go out there against the Dolphins and the offense scores some points, again, the offense has scored, what is it, 43 points so far? They've played four games. And and nobody was saying that the Seahawks' defense was some great shakes. They went into the night, uh, Monday night, with five sacks on the season. And they look like the Legion of Boom against the Giants in their offensive line. So get the offensive line issues at least squared away as much as you can without Andrew Thomas. At least get it so that it's functional, that you can actually let the quarterback do something. Get the quarterback to play better than he has. Get the defense to make a play. And and away you go. You got to start showing some signs that you're not. At this point, it's not about... um, it's not about showing it beyond a shadow of a doubt, but we've got to see some preponderance of evidence that you're you're not as bad as it's looked so far. Because right now, looks like you're guilty of being one of the worst teams in the sport. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, it is what I learned on TikTok this week. It's next on the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York.
2: Calling about Brian ball and the New York Giants. Who?
0: now back to the gordon damer show on 98.7 espn it's impossible
1: i'm just getting warmed up full of hijinks and look i'm not your friend so i'm not your friend i'm your enemy
0: and educational you sound like
1: you're a moron
0: it's what i learned on tiktok starring gordon damer
1: and people don't recognize what i sacrifice for this segment and this show like, do you realize what it does to your Google searches when, like last night, perfect example, I spent 30 minutes researching whether or not a horse could fit inside of a blue whale's fart bubble. Like, it's that wrong. takes it out of you. Do you realize what gets suggested to you on the suggested ads when you're you're spending 30 minutes doing that? It's not pretty. What are we it's doing? It's weird. It is weird. All right, but it is time for what I learned this week on TikTok on the Gordon Damer Show. How it works, very simple. I, as a 52-year-old man, every week spend way too much time on that TikTok app, but it's because I learned interesting but yet completely useless information. So we've crafted this segment. Joe, Harvey, even though they're not really into the show today, we'll give them a chance to shine. I'll give them four pieces of information. They have to find what piece of information is true that I actually learned this week on TikTok. And you can play along at home see if you can spot what the truth is and what things I've just made up out of my own demented little brain. And uh, while we're at it, Joe, you told me that uh, your girlfriend, last week, after last week's show, she went and found the piece of information on uh, on TikTok. She found the specific TikTok that I used for your question.
5: Well, it wasn't that she found it. It just Mm -hmm. popped on her For You page, and she sent it to me. So, I'm not saying that I have inside information. And also, by the way, I love that you just uh, pat yourself on the back yet again at the beginning of this segment. But
1: Uh, what? Why? What did I? How did I pat myself on the back? Well,
5: you're not pat yourself on the back, but you go through your trials and tribulations of. Well, I'm just
1: saying I don't think people recognize the sacrifices I make for this segment. Again, I spent a good time last night. Researching whether or not a horse could fit inside the uh, blue whale fart bubble.
5: Is that really a segment? It could not be
1: confirmed or denied. I could not find definitive proof. In theory, people believe it could happen, but it's not true, so I couldn't include it in the segment.
5: Looks like we need to bring back Mythbusters for this one.
1: Maybe, maybe. They, if those guys could get a horse out into the water and get the blue whale together, I don't know how you'd make that happen. You need an effective way to measure blue whale fart bubbles. All right. Um, well, I'll just say it's for your your girlfriend. Uh, is it Morgan? It's Morgan, right? Just yes. privately to Morgan. Morgan, let's not uh, ruin how the, mag- the how the magician does the trick. We don't need to know how he cuts the lady in half. We don't need to know how he pulls the rabbit out of the hat. Just let let me have this, please, please. Well, look, Joe, if you're going to get married, this might be the time to kind of start laying down the law. You know, as a husband, sometimes you. (laughs) It's wrong. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. joking.
5: All right. Who's going first? Joe, Harvey, who's going? In the spirit of the way that we started this segment off, I'll go first.
1: All right. Here we go. Joe, hopefully Morgan is uh, not typing away someplace, giving you inside information. We don't need to ruin this segment. Number one, Mars, the planet Mars, is actively shrinking. Number two, babies have almost twice the amount of pain receptors in the brain, in their brains, as adults do. Number three, the hottest temperature ever recorded in the universe and the coldest temperature ever recorded in the known universe happened in the same city. Or number four, Australia is so dangerous it has birds that cause wildfires. So, again, to recap, Mars is actively shrinking. Two, babies have almost twice the amount of pain receptors in their brains as adults do. Number three, the hottest temperature recorded in the universe, the coldest temperature in the uh, recorded universe happened in the same city. Or number four, Australia is so dangerous it has birds that cause wildfires.
5: This one's interesting because a couple of things, two of them I think would, would have been leading the news at some point in the summer. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to throw those out. All right. I'm going to do the baby pain receptors more than Baby pain receptors. You think that one is true? Lock that one in.
1: Lock it in. No, that is not true. We don't have any pain receptors in our brains. So babies don't have twice as many. They don't have any. There's pain receptors all over our bodies. And and if if you've ever seen anybody do like brain surgery, they can cut open the head and they can be doing things in the brain. The person's awake.
5: There's my public school. Right? Well, that would education be weird. For Somebody you. touching
1: your brain. Alright, all right, so I, to recap. I don't really know how to
5: follow that one up.
1: Alright, alright. Let's move on. Mars is actively shrinking. Hottest temperature recorded in the universe and the coldest temperature recorded in the universe happened in the same town, same city. Or number four, which is now number three, Australia is so dangerous it has birds that cause wildfires.
5: Give me Mars that it's shrinking by the by Mars the day. Mars
1: is actively shrinking. Second smallest planet in the universe. No, that's incorrect. Wrong. Uh, Mercury is shrinking. Actually, I, I just switched that one. Mercury is the sm- It's becoming smaller and denser. I feel like this segment is making us smaller and denser. Uh, all right, so that one's out. You got that one wrong. So now you're down to two. Which uh, it, it seems like you were. Throwing those out right away. Like you want the, the way they teach you to do multiple choice. Two you go with, two you cross out. Now you're left with one of those two being correct. So it's either uh, the hottest temperature and the coldest temperature in the same town or Australia is so dangerous that it's birds that cause wildfires.
5: Give me chaos and I'm going to go with the birds. Lock that one in.
1: Birds that cause wildfires. Yes, that is correct. Uh, I think it's is it the <laughs> black kite. They, they have they've witnessed it like picking up uh, like torches or fire and and dropping them in the middle of forests. And the reason they do that is because the birds are so smart. They realize that when the fire starts, all the little critters run away from the fire. And then it's just feeding time at the zoo for the for the I think it's the black kite bird. It's like a good hawk. for me. All right. So there you go. All right. Uh, that's that's one out of the way. Now we go to Harvey. Been very quiet so far during the show. I, I, I think it's probably the – is it the Giants' performance? You just don't feel like talking? Well, no, I got the
6: Giants tomorrow. I got the Red Bulls tonight. Mm-hmm. Big game tonight. Last home game of, of the year tonight. Mm-hmm. So.
1: I, I'm looking forward to it just so we don't have to talk about the Red Bulls anymore.
6: You know what? Me too, honestly. All
1: right. All right, here we go. Uh, number one, half of everyone who has ever died has died of malaria. Number two, Samuel L. Jackson has cursed on film more than any actor. Number three, for his role in Terminator 2, Arnold Schwarzenegger was paid roughly $200,000 per each word of dialogue he spoke. Or number four, a woman who did not trust the DNA results for her dog sent in a sample for herself and found out she is 40% border collie. So again, to recap, half of everyone who has ever died has died of malaria. Number two, Samuel L. Jackson is cursed on Phil more than any other actor. Number three, for his role in Terminator 2, Arnold Schwarzenegger was pl- paid roughly $200,000 for each word of dialogue he spoke. Or number four, woman did not trust DNA results for her dog. She sent in a human sample from herself and found out she is 40% border collie.
6: If this is... What you teased earlier, mm-hmm. then we have struck gold today. Okay. But I'm not going to go with that.
1: All right.
6: I'm going to we'll be a simpleton. I'm going to go with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson
1: is cursed on film more than any other actor. No, that is incorrect. He stinks. And that is the fact, actually, that I was teasing. Because I, I have the top five of actors all time Who is cursed the most in film in the history of film i'll just tell you right now samuel L. jackson has not cursed more than anyone else so maybe we'll play a little round of family feud later while you or joe can can kind of figure out who is the top five top five answers on the board all right so that one's out you're wrong there now i'm kind of interested how you thought i might have struck gold
6: yeah i think i think you just gave away the gold um I'm going to go with, huh, I've been, I've been, I feel bamboozled.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I hate to, I I, I I, don't want to make you feel like you got to, I pulled a swerve on you or something.
6: Swerve. How, how
1: did you, what, what did you think that it was, uh, that I struck gold?
6: I thought it was this one, the
1: border collie. The okay. <laughs> you think that that one's true. You're going to lock that one in. Yes, that's absolutely true. Woman sent her own DNA. She was a 40% border collie, like 28% bulldog and something else. So, what it tells you is if you're sending away a DNA sample for your dog, chances are it's not going to be right. Or maybe this woman is part Boyne. We we can't rule it out. DNA, science. All right, very good job there. Got it one out of two. All right, we got one more to go here. This time, of course, we flip it. Three truths, one lie. You got to spot the lie. Number one, cheese is older than written language. Number two, Joaquin Phoenix has a fear of revolving doors. Number three, uh, Holly Hunter and Nicolas Cage are used, pictures of them are used on the cover of a Serbian biology textbook. Or number four, Rolex keeps such meticulous service records that in 1996, they were able to identify a man's body found at sea and also discovered who murdered him in the process. So again, to recap, number one, cheese is older than written language. Number two, Joaquin Phoenix, fear of revolving doors. Number three, Serbian biology textbook, for some reason, has Holly Hunter and Nicolas Cage on the cover. Or number four, Rolex keeps such meticulous service records that in 96, they were able to identify a man's body found at sea, and also, who murdered it?
5: This might be the hardest Really? Uh,
1: well, I mean, Harvey between... got a one
5: out of two. Well, we're talking about me here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just saying in terms of the, the lies and truth, this mm-hmm. might be the most blurred the lines have been.
6: Okay. Are we, are we doing the lies and the truth one? Or is this like...
1: Well, this is, there's one lie in this one, and there's three truths. So you have to spot the lie.
6: Yeah, because knowing you, it would be all truth or no, all lies. No, no,
1: and... no, that's not true. When you guys play by the rules, I play by the rules. All right. I'm going to go with... I feel like you're, you're killing time for Morgan to do something with the fingers there and find out some information, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Don't interrupt.
5: This isn't
6: Stump. No. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, the Rolex.
1: The Rolex. You
5: think yeah. that's the lie. Okay. Rolex
6: wearing. Right. Diamond ring wearing.
5: Sure. Okay. Lock that one in. I find it very hard to believe that a Serbian textbook has Nicolas Cage on it, so lock that one in for me.
1: All ah, right, yes, you're both wrong. No, Rolex keeps such meticulous, yeah, 96. Old, gu- stupid, dumb man. A guy's body was found at sea. The only thing, which is weird, like if you're going to dump the bot, take the Rolex. What else could he possibly have on him that's more expensive than that? But no, he left the Rolex on him. They figured out who the guy was from the service records. And then eventually, the investiga- well, I don't think it was Rolex that was conducting the investigation, but an investigation was done by somebody somewhere, and they figured out the murder. That's what you get for not taking the Rolex. Everybody knows that. Uh, All right. uh, Yeah, and Holly Hunter and Nicolas Cage. Yes, they were on for some reason. They're not really sure why. They were featured from the movie uh, Raising Arizona. They have a picture of Holly Hunter and Nicolas Cage on there. It kind of makes you question everything else in the biology textbook. But all right, so we're down to two. Cheese, older than written language, or Joaquin Phoenix has a fear of revolving doors.
5: I'm going to go for the laughs and for the fact that he couldn't get into our studios, Joaquin Phoenix having a fear of revolving doors. Okay. Harvey, you going to stick with Joe or you going to go on your own? No, I'm on my own here. I'm going with the the cheese. Cheese is
1: older than written language.
6: The cheese.
1: Well, obviously, one of you is right, one is wrong. Uh, Cheese is actually older than written language. Joaquin Phoenix, so far as we know, has no fear of revolving doors. So there you go. That, my friends, is what I've learned this week on TikTok. And now because of the segment, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. We'll get back into uh, Jets and Giants, but also against all odds, after seasons where they were afterthoughts basically in August. The Yankees and the Mets got some issues already in the offseason. We'll tackle that next. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Whether or not a horse could fit inside of a blue whale's fart bubble.
0: Now back to The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: So before we go any further, Joe and Harvey, would you have interest in knowing who the top five actors of all time in terms of cursing are? Who was cursed the most in the history of of modern cinema?
5: This is right up my alley, so yes.
1: Okay. Harvey, are you on board for this? Maybe we'll do this like 11 o'clock. I'm down for this. Okay, I'll give you a little time to think about. I, the only um, the only hint I will give you, it's it's on the level. It's not like um, Edward G. Robin. It's, everybody's alive. There's nobody from like the, the 1920s, which would be weird. He would just have to be swearing up a storm back then. It's much more. All of these actors are alive, and you've seen them all in, I would say, multiple movies. Can yes, you multiple. name
6: a movie from Edward G. Robin or no?
1: Edward G. Robinson? Well, he was in uh, Ten Commandments. I know that much.
6: Do you Edward know all Ten Commandments? Yeah, he, or no?
1: see? Ah, Moses. He, he, he was the guy that talked like that, Edward G. Robinson. I'm pretty sure. Spot on. Ed, Edward G. Robinson is a little bit before my time as well. Really? Yes. How I'm
6: far back? Old.
1: I'm not that old. That's more Larry Hardesty's time. Oh, oh my. Oh, look at that. Larry's not oh, even my. here. <laughs> It's even before Larry's time. And, you know, I, I, I left one on the table the other night because we were talking about uh, the passing of the great Dick Butkus. And I said, well, that's a little bit before my time. You know, I didn't get to see Dick Butkus in his prime. Not old enough. And Larry said it was before his time, too. And I didn't even say anything. I just left it there. It's wrong. That's not like me. I, I, I knew I was coming down with something when that happened. So, all right, one right, ESPN is the telephone number. One 3776 So coming up, uh, eleven o'clock, we'll do a little family feud, top five actors cursing of all time, uh, and we'll do NFL picks in the in the eleven o'clock hour. We still got a lot of stuff to do, uh, but I did. We we focused largely on the football, and rightfully so, uh, critical week five. Any your season could be over before Halloween, it's it's crisis time, and I think that. Would it be fair to say that at this point that the, the Jets and Gi- – if they both lose this week, the se- Giant season might already be over, but if they are to lose this week, if the Jets are to lose this week, it, it, you really can't argue that their seasons are over. And I would say that it's not even that their seasons are over before Halloween. I would think that this is even before kids have picked out their Halloween costumes. Right? It's October 7th. Halloween costumes feels like a much more of a, of a mid-October kind of thing. Now, you two guys don't have any kids, but, and my kids are a little old for Halloween, but I feel like the Halloween decision is not made till basically a week before Halloween. So it's even worse than the seasons over before Halloween or b- over before Thanksgiving. Forget about Christmas. It's, a lot of times it's over before then. But to, to be even over before the kids have picked out their Halloween costume, that's saying something. But we'll get back to the Jets and Giants. We'll get back to your phone calls in a little bit at 1 800 919 ESPN. But I did want to touch on some, some baseball stuff with the Yankees and, and with the Mets. And, and what I wanted to sit, hit on with the, the Yankees, and it's kind of been lost in, the, um, in the, 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 the stories of the Mets this week, who have, again, figured out a way to make themselves relevant after a season where they weren't relevant past July. But the story from Andy Martino about the Yankees' audit of the organization— really should be one that I guess shouldn't surprise us, but absolutely should infuriate you if you're a Yankee fan. And you've had a season if you're a Yankee fan that should absolutely infuriate you because, again, they, they played it all wrong. They, they went into a season with a team that was not ready to compete. They didn't compete. They didn't do anything at the trade deadline significant when this was the year to sell off. They got it all wrong. They wanted us to just kind of trust them, right? We, we always make the playoffs. We always finish above 500. And they did finish above 500, but it would have been better off if they didn't finish above 500. Because that's not the goal, to finish above 500. That's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. So Andy Martino, um, was it Tuesday, Wednesday, had a story about how this whole, th- the, the one thing you thought, and it's not a great thing, but the one thing, you, you thought you were going to get out of a, a, a Yankee offseason was they were going to do this deep dive about what actually went wrong, right? They were going ha- to bring some company in to, to audit the, 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 the inner workings of, of the team and to see what needs to improve, what needs to change. And that's not going to be the case at all. Andy Martino had the story uh, for, for SNY that the, the audit, that there's misperceptions about the audit. And that what the misperception is, is that there's going to be an audit. Here's from his story. On Wednesday, Yankee managing general partner Hal Steinbrenner, general manager Brian Cashman, manager Aaron Boone, and high-ranking members of the front office will gather in Tampa to discuss the state of the franchise and plan for the future. Who won't be there? Outside consultants. There is no plan, and there never has been a plan, for the Yankees to invite anyone in to audit their organization, according to four people with direct knowledge of the team's inner workings. The misperception that a McKinsey-like audit would commence after the season is rooted in Steinbrenner's comments to a longtime Associated Press reporter, Mark Didler, on August 31st. But a reread of those quotes showed that Steinbrenner never said that that would happen. So even the idea that some deep dive was going to happen is not going to happen. And it's not like anybody thought, oh, they're going to have this deep dive. Oh, that's going to really pay dividends. But even that part is not going to happen. So what is going to happen? Here's what actually is going to happen according to the story. The Yankees will be paying to view how an outside firm runs analytics and then comparing it to the way they operate in that area. It's a self-evaluation because they're looking at another company rather than having a company look at them. The front office has been considering this opportunity for several years and has now received clearance to spend the money. Well, here's what it tells you. And again, this is why when they were under 500, I I said, I would rather them finish last place. uh, Make it as bad as it possibly can be because then if you're not making any changes, you just can, you're telling us you don't care. And really, if you're going through a season like what the Yankees just went through and there's not going to be any significant changes, you're telling if you're Hal Steinbrenner, you're telling us that you really don't care. You think this is fine. And eh, we just it's it's all of your worst fears. It's well, the injuries got us. Judge being out, that's what changed the, the season. It's not that we put together a, a team that couldn't compete. It's not that for the last couple of years, Brian Cashman has made one horrendous move after another horrendous move. It was just one of those years. We don't really, we'll, we'll watch this PowerPoint presentation by uh, another team. We don't really have that many things to fix. It's all good. Next year, we'll be healthier. Next year, we'll be better. We'll go out and spend the money wiser this year than we have the last few years. We have a really good finger on the pulse of where our organization is at, and we don't really need any outside help. Well, we'll it, it almost seems like they're, they're just doing this to just to, to, to do something when it, it really is not doing anything because it's not going to bring about any significant change. It's just going to be more of the same. So it, it almost feels like by those comments of saying, hey, this is what we're... We're really mad as heck, and we're not going to take it anymore. We're going to have some serious conversations. No, you're not. There are no serious conversations, because serious conversations come about and and bring about results. And what you're telling me is there are no results. There there are not going to be any significant changes. And it's almost like the less you do within the Yankee organization, the more danger you're in. The more you do, the safer you are. And the only takeaway you can have from this is that Hal Snyder, if he is being honest in what his con- and, and the things that he said before about wow we were really disappointed, he he clearly thinks you're an idiot. He thinks Yankee fans are idiots that we actually think that anything is going to change. It's just going to be more of the same that you've seen here the last couple of years, and they're going to just explain this year away as you kind of thought they would. It's not that bad. It was a fluke. Next year will be better. And nothing is actually going to significantly change. So the idea that even and it wasn't like a huge thing that I think fans were were clinging to. But even the the, the, the possibility of a silver lining of, oh, maybe they'll bring in this audit and it'll bring about some sort of ship. That ship has even sailed now. Fantastic. Let's start the offseason off right. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. one 800 919 Coming up, we'll get more into the Yankees. We'll get your phone calls. Talk about the Mets. I want to leave the Mets for as long as possible just to see if there's another twist in the story because they've got a lot of twists in the story here the last week. But we'll get into them as well. More on the NFL, picks, who's cursed the most in the history of modern cinema. We've got so much to do. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York.